back to Indy Housing Market. I'm Kyle Morris with Morris Property Group and FC Tucker. And today I have with me... Hi guys, Shelly Walters with FC Tucker as well. Hey, I'm Kyle Baker with FC Tucker as well. So Kyle uh, is in the Carmel office um, and he's been doing it a little bit over a year and we wanted to get a, a newer agent's perspective on things today. Um, I met Kyle really, really early on. And so as somebody who's been in it uh, a little while, I know you've been in it a little bit longer than me, but... So it's like, what makes uh, a new agent good? Or what do you think is gonna make them succeed? And I'll just be honest, like you can't tell 100%, but you, there's markers within people that I think where you can see they have a higher likelihood of success, right? Like I don't know everything behind the scenes of like personal finances or home life or, or whatever that may be, debt, you know, that comes into play to be successful. But there are a lot of markers I think you see of dedication, hard work, going up to people and asking questions. Um, even though you don't know them, you just know that they're an agent and they have a little bit more time than you. And asking those questions, uh, most importantly, like communication and follow-up. Like those are yeah. so huge for a new agent. Like when I see those things that I get really, really encouraged. Like for myself, even this weekend, I had some open houses. And when I'm not getting communication back on you know, how many people yeah. were in the show, you know, right, just those right. things. And, and, and like, I never had that experience with Kyle. And so like, I've always believed in Kyle. Um, a, I've told him that, but B, even more so behind the scenes uh, to try to encourage him. I just thought he would be really successful. Um, and he has been. So, and yeah. I just and wanted I, yeah, to I just bring him in. Say sometimes I get asked to talk about um, two new agents or people thinking getting in the business. Um, and what would be my, what I would say, um, thoughts if you're going to get into this business is to know that it is a business yes so many people get into this and it's like they literally think it's going to be a hobby and they don't look at it as a business including um, whether or not you do an llc or a schedule c whether or not you you know all kinds of things how you run it but it is your business that you're going to either sink or swim yeah from what you do and the mentality of some people out there don't have that when they're going into the business they just look at it as a hobby. And that's, I think in the very beginning, the people who look at it as a business and the people look at it as a hobby, these people probably don't have much of a chance. Yeah. Cause it's not a hobby. <laughs> well, and it's really weird. Like you come in, you interview and you feel, you come to uh, a location and office. So it feels like, like a W2 job, I guess. Right. So like, it's, it's really weird to wrap your head around it. I didn't, I educated myself like around nine months is when I really started to pivot and become a CEO and a business owner, uh, created an LLC, and then I pivoted to an S Corp and all these other things and, and kind of learned and had, and had different accounts and all that stuff. And so like, I really do try to teach newer agents because I didn't feel like I had much help with that stuff, uh, mainly because I didn't know, so I didn't even know to ask. Right. So like, I really try to educate, like how do you be fiscally responsible as an agent when you're new and all these other things. Um, and you've just gone through all of it. So. Yeah, so what do you wish somebody would have told you from the very beginning that you kind of started to experience and go, nobody told me this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's so much to learn, it's like you don't even know what to ask. That's very true. Uh, I feel like there's a lot going on. Everyone tells you it's gonna be difficult, and you know, I kind of came into this with expectations that I would be successful, and I think I've done all right. Um, it's just, you know, it is difficult. I didn't, I think I underestimated how difficult it would be, uh, whether it's finding clients, whether it's, educating clients, whether it's being, you know, their personal counselor. Um, there's just so many aspects to us. It's, it's not just buying and selling houses. It's not saying you want this one, this is the price. You know, there's so much more that goes into it. And so therapy. it really is, it really is. And it's therapy without trying to 
change somebody's opinion, even though it may be right or wrong, you can't, it's, it's not like a, I'm not selling cars. It's not like I'm trying to sell you this. It's, right. We talk about that, that all the time. We don't, we do not work on a basis of uh, trying to sell ever. Yeah. We're there as a counselor guidance to, you know, just tell you what we know, what we think you should know that would help you make your own informed decision. But a lot of the times, um, you know, I get a, a really big feeling that I'm right. Like you really shouldn't buy this house. Yeah. And it's a really weird conversation to tell your buyer, um, let's not buy this house. And then look at you like, I kind of like it. And like, well, can we talk about all the things? Uh, because I am there, I'm there to, I don't care if I sell it. I want to make sure they have, you know, the, the proper information they need to make that decision. Yeah, I know Kyle and I have had that conversation in the past where, um, you know, he goes into a house, he might preview it before bringing clients in. He says, oh, I'm really excited about this house. I go look at it and he's like, mm, this isn't the one. And it, it builds a lot of trust with your clients because it's not, I'm not just trying to sell any property to you. I want to sell the property that's perfect for you. Right. And I'm well, not just looking to make a sale. People get excited about just the, the home buying process. Right. And you go through like, hey, this is what we're looking for. And then they just start seeing stuff. And, and then they're like, oh, let's go look at this one. And I'm like, this is a ranch and we need a two-story with a basement. I don't care that it looks really cool. You told really me cool. you do not want yeah. water in the back and it's got a pond in yeah. the back. No fence. And, yeah. and just, you know, trying to... Let's see it anyway. But the, it, there's Which I'll still go look at it. I know. If you have but we can just go be like, hey, come on. This is what we're trying we'll to start do. out on that conversation. Yeah. Um, the reverse, I think, is true as well. It's just um, when you think it's the right house for them. Oh, yes. You know, I think that's even harder because you don't want to say you're them to feel like you're forcing a house down them. But when they've told you exactly what they're looking for, and we do this every day, we know the market and we know what we have seen in the past and what we know what could possibly not come along again in the future for a long time. When that house hits and they're like, hmm, I don't know. <laughs> um, can we go, what can we talk about everything you've told me you wanted in a house and that we've been looking for six months. And yeah. if you wait two days, this is probably gonna sell. I feel like I'm pressuring them but I also know the houses that they want, the house they want is right in front of them. Yeah. And how do you do that? So, yeah. yeah. And I think on the flip side too, where they might kind of like what, what Kyle was referring to is they'll send me a property and I know this isn't the property they want, but they want to go see it anyway. And of course we go see it and it turns out to not be it. And so then the next time it comes around, it's like, how do I, how do I tell them this is not the one without doing this whole thing all over again and going to view the property? Especially, I mean, any properties that's, you know, local, but some of the listings that I've had or some of the clients that I've had, I might have to travel an hour, hour and a half to go find, go look at this house mm -hmm. that I know is not going to be right. up, up to, to, to spec for them. It's right. like, and this isn't the right house for you, but yeah. I don't want to see seem like, you know, well, I don't want to show this house. I'll show it to you. Right. But based off of the information that you've given me, it's, <laughs> it doesn't it's, it's, it's a toxic. Yeah, it's a yeah. tough conversation to have. It's, yeah, it really is. You get better at it though, but. Even it, it just feels odd sometimes, you know, because not just, like I've looked at thousands of houses, you know, and not just like Hamilton County. I mean, Marion County, I mean, Louisville, Richmond, Warsaw, you know, Avon, Columbus, Brown County, you name it. Like I just have a really good read on like where, what you're going to see within a price range, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's just, it, it is hard. It, it, is, it is very hard. Um, I had one that we went through that and... and I could just tell where we were at and, and, and we took three years and it worked out beautifully. It just did, right? Uh, we looked at houses that we didn't know we needed, but that <laughs> we had a luxury there of no timeline. 
it's when a timeline gets yes. thrown in, yeah. I think is when I start to have the conversation differently. Cause yeah. it's like, Hey, we need to find a house in like 90 days. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, this is it. <laughs> you know, like right. we have a, you know, a very timeline. limited timeline at this yeah. point. So what else uh, do you think uh, now that you're in this market? I know, I think it's really hard to ask somebody new in the business cause you don't know what to compare it to. So we can't yeah. say, what do you, how do you think it's different? Cause you can't answer that question, but um, just what do you, think of the market and selling real estate and what do you think hearing what people are saying do you, is it just feel normal to you and you're just working well, yeah, it? well i say normal um <laughs> it is not my normal because i don't know any different now I've, I've bought houses i've bought several houses before i got in the business i mean i bought in 2018 19 20 and 21 so i kind of knew i had an idea like of your agent if you're buying that <laughs> <laughs> So I, I knew how difficult the market was, um, but it's completely different when you're in it selling. So this is my normal. Um, I would say I'm fortunate that as difficult as it is now in the past year, I think it's been better for newer agents because at least you had the opportunity to, to have offers looked at versus you know 2021 20, when if you weren't all cash, and you weren't X amount over list, then you were getting tossed to the side. And, right. you know, if and to you, be a new agent in that time frame, to your point, and to be confident enough to tell somebody they need to write $30,000 over list price out of pocket, that's tough. And to be a list agent during that time frame was more difficult too, because we talk about it all the time, like nothing changed about my business, regardless how quick something was selling. But if you're new, you didn't understand like, you know, being a listing agent is, is, there's just a process to it. There's a timeline to it. You just don't throw it out there. And I don't think a lot of agents who went, came into the business around 2020 kind of know that. But so you came in this kind of pivoting area, you know what I mean? So interest rates when you came in were probably, had trickled up to the fives. Now they're in the sevens, right? So they were already had gone up and some of the, the market had started to, had like an emotional reaction to you the interest rates. You just started last June? So yeah, so they were like in the sixes, maybe low sevens. Cause they started coming up in March, right before that. Yeah. And then, yeah. yeah. Oh, this June. No, last no, June. Last, 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 last June, last June. I thought yeah. we had a podcast. We always con constantly said how in December there were 2.9. That was year. the year before. Man. That's just how long we've been doing it. Wow. Yeah, last March is when interest rates really started to trickle <laughs> up. And then, um, so and then last- So we're in September, we've been, okay. Yeah, last wow. August is when, Two one buy down started to come around really yeah. heavily, yeah. Um, which has kind of just fallen off the radar again for some reason, and I don't know why. I don't think so. We had that conversation with David a couple weeks ago here on the podcast. Well, I mean, as far as education and how much is being used, oh not yeah, that, nobody like, knows how to do it because if you used one, you could get a house in a heartbeat. You so you're it. learning all these tricks that nobody understood about. But the two one buy down, I mean, I literally just tried to buy a house for a buyer or a client of mine and put the two one buy down in it. And I talked to the agent about it. He, they rejected it and he told me he'd look at it and he understood it, but he rejected our offer because he said, I don't understand what you're asking. And I'm like, I think okay, it you helps. need to be educated. Like you're, you're learning all these things, but these are parts of the deal now. Yeah. Like if you don't know, that's not good. You almost had to quantify it as a dollar amount. Now you can't just say two one. I did. I gave yeah. the yeah. exact amount. It was really? written out by David. Yes. So I actually learned the two one buy down from you guys, and I did two of them this year. One was to help the the client get a more attainable payment for the mm -hmm. first two years, and the second was actually to save a deal. 
So it was, I, I didn't fully understand. I mean, I understood how it worked, but I didn't really understand how the money was there and where it came from. Right. And, and then you guys went to a deep dive and it said, oh, this makes sense. Yeah. And so I, I Good. used that. Glad yeah. that that helped. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what we do the podcast for is we're trying to bring on, you know, the questions for the masses of everybody listening so that they can use this information, especially the stats. The stats right. is something like, you know, anybody who doesn't want to pull everywhere if they've got a listing coming up hopefully our stats that we give once a week will help you to help know people. the market because it does help help us man we can't believe the difference that it's helped us they just did a call and they were saying rates are going to be down in the spring and like i just think that's a for what they're predicting that seems like a disproportionate jump that's going down as quickly as we came up um i do think rates are gonna are, are gonna go down based off of everything that we're seeing but you know the Basically, they're saying like the time to buy is now, the time to list is now because inventory is so low, um, which I would agree with anyways. You know, I think there's always this fear of selling in the winter, but uh, because there's less buyers, but the people who are buyers are motivated buyers. They're, they're real. They are. I mean, I sold my house eight, nine years ago um, in November. I mean, it was on the market for like a week, week yeah. and a half or something like that. We did just fine on it. But it's because we had committed buyers out there during that season. And well, I think people if, don't think that If happens. the sellers and the buyers don't do it now, we're, I, you, like you were talking about that 2021, mm-hmm. we're going right back there, I have a feeling. I mean, when, when this breaks loose, it's gonna break loose bad and we're back to over list and stuff. So we keep saying, now's the time to buy. Inventory's going down. <laughs> and it goes back to that same conversation where I'm trying to educate but not change somebody's mind. But it's like, we can see where this is most likely going but the general population is, oh, I want to wait until the rates drop. Right. Well, yeah, you and everyone else. And so right. what happens when they do drop and everyone's not competing and no, you're not going to get these concessions or, you know, you don't yeah. have the advantage. Yeah, the concessions right now. See, you're, it's so good to hear, like, you're talking more at one year mm-hmm. than a lot of people talk about in, in three or four years. Just trying to, you're keeping up and you're diving into it, I can tell. You're keeping up with what you need to know in this market today. We just did one. Concessions matter a lot right now, uh, especially with the active buyers we have, I feel like, right? Because there are people who kind of were on the sidelines for a couple of years. So we, we did one with um, closing cost assistance, but we sold it above list price so that the seller still net, because the key was the closing cost assistance, right? Like that's what we're like, right. we will do this, um, meet us in the middle on that, right? And so and we've had a lot of luck with that, but I don't know, inventory is so low and based on like what you say, like you're sitting here, like you gotta educate people, but there's all this information out there that is legitimate information, it's just being framed poorly, right? So like the one I see all the time is um, sales are down this year compared to last yeah, year. Yeah, I was just on one of the TV stations. But the problem when you look at it is there's less inventory, less is selling, when, if I got 10 cars to sell instead of 20 cars to sell, right? Like I only sell two of them. It, it, I have less to sell, so it's gonna appear like sales are down, but as far as like how the price and everything is performing, it's still the same. It's just, of course, there's less to sell, so less is selling. Not yeah. that it's not selling and it's not getting list price or whatever it may be. But when you just read it, nobody takes the time to go in into like, kind of like dive into and tear apart the information that's provided in that to know what they're actually talking about. It's just like sales are down this year compared to last year. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, cause there's less to sell, but we're actually, if you look at the numbers, the numbers are pretty equal. Yeah, if you look at percentages. 
Yeah. So what else do you think is um, when you're coming into real estate that you didn't know, you just like had no idea? Like, Well, I, I think my, I don't, I wouldn't say that I'm an investor per se, but I, you know, I, I decided a couple of years ago that I wanted to acquire a couple of properties. So I think I had a lot of insight coming into it, which is why I kind of thought that I would hit the ground running. Um, that was kind of the case. Um, but you know, I, I had a lot of education. I've read a lot of books long before I got my license. Um, I think the hardest part was just that communication, the, the, you know, relating to the clients and trying to figure out exactly what they need, where they need it, how soon they need it, and trying to combat with all of their personal needs and wants. And I think it was more of that personal touch that was missing. Do they uh, still teach you about DISC, D-I-S-C? Mm -hmm. So that was a surprise to me to learn. And I have a psychology degree from Purdue, but the DISC idea of mirroring your client and getting yeah. to know what, you know, because for me, the hardest people were Ds. Because, sorry, I'm a high I. So my first couple of times across the, from the Ds, I'm like, Whoa. <laughs> and yeah. to just be, you know, learn about that, that that's a real thing mm -hmm. so that you can mirror their style and help them. Cause like you said, counseling is, is a huge part of it. It is, it is. And then just like, um, kind of time management and, yeah, yeah. and it's not necessarily, <laughs> it's not necessarily like not doing something, but it's sometimes it's slowing down on what you're doing. Cause I, I know what you referenced several times being the, uh, the, the pop tart agent. I mean, I was running everywhere. I had the time, mm -hmm. so I wanted to show every property, I wanted to do everything that I could, and I found that I wasted my time a lot. Of, well, I don't want to say wasted my time, it was very educational. Because this gets to what you said earlier, is your client says, I want to go through C123 Main Street, you don't even look it up and worry about it, like, I'll be there at 2 o'clock, see you then, that's a Pop-Tart agent, whereas you now know, pull it up, and go, it only has two bedrooms, you absolutely need four, and you have that conversation, yeah. and you don't go see it. It's or, got, or it's got it's a tenant till May or something. Yeah, yeah. Right. Or, or it's an FHA client, and yeah. they have subfloor yeah. showing, and it's like, well, this isn't gonna pass. Right, right, yeah. so that's, yeah, the Pop-Tart agent, so that's a really good point. But as you get busier, so you're conditioned to be a Pop-Tart agent, because that's what you wanna do, you wanna be busy, you wanna do all these things, and then as you get a capacity, because you have more and more coming, it is hard to, I don't think a lot of agents do of like understanding how to time manage better and, and, and have an understanding of time to navigate all the admin work and the business work on top of just the client stuff that you have to do. So that goes back to being like a CEO and understanding that you're running a business. And um, But it's hard. It was a transition period for me. I bet it took me 18 months, honestly. And that was a rough 18 months because mm -hmm. I was doing everything nonstop. It was just a lot to deal with. And you just get to a pain point where you're just like, mm -hmm. I, I can't. Do you I know can't. what? Or you make a mistake. Or you make a mistake. What I would, yeah, that, yeah. that'll teach you. Yeah. Um, I, what I was told once that pivoted me because I was always like, um, you know, somebody calls you and says they want to list their house and then you talk to them and, and it's, you know, Tuesday afternoon at five and they say they would like to list it and they ask, can you come tomorrow at 10 a.m.? and you were going to go see your granddaughter's play and i'm like yes i'll be there because i never everybody was like okay you know i'm they're not going to ask me for a 12 o'clock or i can't come back with can i do it at 12 because they won't use me my whole mentality was they tell me what time they want to do it that's the only time they could do it that's why they're asking me mm -hmm. and i have to be available or i'm losing the client that was my mentality 
And then um, somebody came to me and said, you have an appointment. And I said, no, I just wanted to go see my granddaughters. And they're like, you have an appointment. Yeah. And when I could learn that my my family, my health, my dog needed a walk, I needed to sit down and put my feet up, I'm not feeling well, whatever, I have an appointment. When I was learning that, when the next time somebody asked me to do it at 10 in the morning and I wanted to go see something, I'd say, I'm sorry, I have an, 11, I have an appointment at 10, I should be done about 11.30, would any other time that day work? 99.999% of the time they would say, absolutely, can you do it? I, we can do one. Yeah. My time management just went through the roof at that point. Mm -hmm. Because I knew what I was doing on a daily basis, but it, then 2021 came along and we had to jump <laughs> and become a pop star yeah. agent. Like, oh, there's a house that hit the market. We got to go see it now. I mean, like, yeah. almost wanted to put a siren on the top That's of my when car. We, got, yeah, we got really good at, we have like a very dedicated, structured timeline to list houses, and that has helped exponentially. And so I was talking to a newer agent the other day, like, this is how we do it and there's a structure to it and there's there's reason behind it because I need this turnaround on photos and we list on this day for this particular reason. And so, A, it helps me exponentially, but what it does, and what you don't realize when you're newer, but you, you and I have talked about it so you're different, but it gives the client, the seller, structure as well. Because yeah. it's and a they need bit, it. they need it, man. Because it's like, what am I doing? I've got to clean up, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. Like we've got two and a half weeks, we'll be okay. What are you doing this weekend? Let's knock it out, do this, this, and this first. And then we have the next weekend still and, and you can game plan it and it removes the stress. So, um, but when you're new, well, it removes the stress, but it also in. gives you your yeah. time back because you're not running like crazy trying to get everything done out of order or in pure chaos. I literally had a seller call me a couple weeks ago and said that they wanted to have their house listed next week. It was Friday and they wanted their house listed next week. And I told her, you know, here's my process. And they wanted it on the market by Thursday. We've talked, I mean, we're a good three weeks on our scheduling the way we do it. And I said, I cannot do that and be a good agent for you. And she she went on and moved on to somebody else because she wanted it. And I'm like, I haven't even seen your house yet. Yeah. We haven't even talked to comps. We haven't even gotten the house ready for pictures. We haven't had pictures and we haven't, I mean, I won't do that. And that gets your time back though, because you mm -hmm. know, if you're an agent that goes, I'm getting a listing, oh my God, I'll figure this out. You're gonna just, you know. So yeah. time management's huge. Anything yeah. else that you were having trouble with in the beginning or still? Yeah, I mean, the, the, always the issue is just finding clients. It's always finding the next one. Um, I feel like I had a, a good little spurt and then it's kind of starting to tail off. I still am working with several, a couple people, but it's just, you know, it's always the ongoing struggle of finding clients and so, I think what I found is try to just provide the best service to the clients that you have, and then that will hopefully bear fruit in the future from referrals. Referrals are the best, and, yeah. You know, yeah. But you can find anybody because you used to be bounty hunter. So anybody <laughs> that doesn't know, used to be a bounty hunter. They don't need before. a house. So you got any paper out on you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right, because he's not doing it anymore. But, <laughs> I saw the best in my trunk. <laughs> just so. Out of, so that we just want to bring you on, get some insight. You know, we definitely want to have um, more and more people on, just kind of get different perspectives on the industry and, and, and kind of keep us sharp, keep us um, on top of like what's out there in the industry. If you know, we look at it from our viewpoint quite a bit, and it's like maybe we could be doing more to help other agents um, with stuff that I just take for granted. That's part of like how I operate anymore. Um, well, I try to be an open book here within yeah. my office, but. 
Too. But we normally, there's times we've just talked about like things where like, I don't know, should we even talk about that? <laughs> yeah. So if you have something that you'd like us to talk about, you're thinking of issues or concerns or ideas, please let us know and um, reach out through the website or through the podcast. Yeah. Um, we'll find somebody or bring you on and talk to you about it. I think probably a deep dive into what you were talking about with that uh, purchase agreement. I, I actually went through something similar um, on Friday, I submitted a, or Saturday. A purchase agreement and it was you know we needed to sell a concessions to uh, they were limited on funds and so it's having that conversation okay we can come at list price and ask for X amount of sell concessions and then the offer is not as strong or we can offer a little above list price to kind of counterbalance that because the list price wasn't the issue we, we could we were proof for enough that it wasn't the issue it was the money out of pocket yeah and so I think doing a deep dive into that to you know that. how to write offers we yeah. effectively writing an offer is an art yeah and how you present it is an that art. would be a Big class order. i mean we could we could schedule a class um of something like that so other people could just talking one way people have questions and i've taught purchase agreement classes before and there's questions that you need to go through but well, yeah. we definitely this. could do that so one of the ones that we always deal with along those lines is when not so much now but especially in the cell uh in the spring market when they're like, we won't ask for anything above $2,000 or $1,000 on an inspection. And the way it's written matters because unfortunately, I mean. One way is for the seller, one way is for the buyer. Right, but the seller's <laughs> always going to read it with the intent of like their worst yeah. nightmare. And they're like, oh, well, that means they're just going to ask for everything that's really expensive. When really that was just a number that may have been picked. And it just wasn't conveyed by the uh, the selling agent or the, the buyer's agent. Um, when you write in item or you know, like items, and what that's so that's where the big huge change is. And right, and it's like, what is the overall tone of the offer, right? And but to me, that is that really has to be done verbally over the phone once I submit the offer, so I can explain the tone of the offer to the list agent, right? And I think that piece yeah. gets kind of lost. I, I think wording really matters because it's 100%. it's. Is it a single line item, not above two thousand dollars, or is it all? Put one word in there, and it's yeah. a totally different idea. So I've had that where we bought a condo, and my client said we won't ask for anything over thirty-five hundred dollars. Okay, so I put it in single line item, and then we get the inspection back, and it was you know inspections always have something, yeah. and so my client was like, well, do you think these three items will equal that? I said, no, 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 that's not how we put it. We put it single item. So it can't be thousand dollars, thousand dollars, twelve hundred dollars, and now we ask for all of that together. It's so the wording is very, very important. Well, and like you, said, one of the things about that is explaining that to the buyer that you're working with, because the wording we know we're going to write is meaning this, but they have to understand. If you tell me to write it differently, why is that totally different for you? Um, yeah. So it's a lot of stuff. So we could do a class on that. That'd and be we had that conversation, and then it's just after the fact reminding them like. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. they don't do it every day. Yeah. 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 Or vice so versa. So let's just yeah. get the stats real good yeah. here real quick. Um, get My allergies are bad. I have no idea why. Probably because it's falling, but I'm like, <laughs> my nose is trying to drip and I'm like, I just want to touch it, but I don't want to look like I'm Well, now everybody knows. Snuff. Oh, there's not going to be honest about it. Have a <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just going <laughs> to suffer in silence. Um, anyways. Anyway, so Carmel, only 46 hit the market. 15 of those pended and um, average days on market 19, median was five. But the interesting thing, you know, we're gonna talk about here with each of these cities is that out of the 46 that activated, 
there were a total of 24 homes that pended last week for any of the houses that had been on setting on the market. So 50% of our inventory was sucked up in seven days. And that seems to be the trend that we're starting to see and we're starting to actually put notes on as well here um, that we don't normally or have not been doing. So active homes on the market in Carmel 194 sold in the past 30 days 120 that's showing another area where we are just literally just getting rid of everything that's on the market so um days on market for the past 30 days was 19 and 5 exactly the same as the past seven days so we're staying steady <laughs> mm -hmm. so then on westfield 53 hit the market nine of those that just listed were um pended 33 pended in westfield in the past uh seven days which was 53 active, so over half. Then there's 263 active, 143 sold, 50% of the inventory in 30 days. And then 34 days on the market is their average and 11 is their median. And that's staying about the same for seven days as well. So that's kind of evened out. And Zionsville nine hit the market, five of those nine pended, but 16 total pended last seven days. So Negative almost, seven inventory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Zionsville is always like that. I know, but they're yeah. getting worse. It's getting worse, yeah. <laughs> 26 days on the market, 15 average. Um, I mean, 26 average, 15 more um, median. So they're they're taking up on their days on the market too with no inventory. 69 are currently active. 35 sold in the past 30 days, so half there. 13 days in the past 30 days is um, average. Four is the median. So it's actually coming. The 30 30 days is so much lower than the past seven, so they're actually slowing down. It's getting better. Yeah, it's uh, well, getting worse technically. Yeah, it's getting worse. Yeah, um, Fishers, uh, it's just interesting. Um, 22 went on the market and 16 are still active, six of them pended, but 21 like pended throughout the week, right? So we have 16 days on average, um, 16 days on market average, but the median is eight. There's 130, was it 138 active on the market? Noblesville was 22, uh, went on the market last week, 17 are still active, five pended, which sounds like nothing, like right. five out of out of it, but 21 pended in Noblesville, right? Uh, same, basically almost the same stats for Fishers in Noblesville, except for Noblesville has less active, they have 116 total, and their days on market is, is actually higher, it's 30, 35 actual is the days on market average, but the median um, is 19, which is a little bit higher, yeah. but yeah. when I was going through it, Specifically in Noblesville, there was a whole lot that pended that I saw a May listing pinned. I saw some June and July listings pinned. I saw a lot of August listings pinned. And so this inventory is clearing out. And so you've got some of these that were sitting 90 days, 120 days. And how much is that playing into this 35 days on market? Well, that's why we always say the average compared to the median. Right. Because it is those old outliers. But in regards to that, with the houses being sold, um, you're saying that were lower, like so you had, you know, let's just say 25 activated and five pended, it's because our days on market have gone above seven. Right, And that's we're all. looking at seven. So it's not looking at, they're not bad stats, we've just gone up and. I bet if, if we switched the podcast to bi-weekly, you know, which we're not gonna do, and did the stats bi-weekly, they would look like the stats in, when we were doing them every single week in May. Like that, that's just what yeah. it would come down to. Yeah, right? but we're trying to dive into the today's market because this market changes so fast. It does. I mean, um, it's never, I, I mean, I've been doing this about 16 years or something, but never has, was any one or two or three or four years, like six markets in one, you know? Yeah. It was like just the same. But we're dealing yeah. with this, 
when you look at these numbers, I am at best gaining single digits inventory every week um, or swinging negative right. single digits, right. right? So it's just kind of staying in this same place and it's kind of trending negative as far as like actual inventory, we're going back down. So like if I look back, I mean, three and four weeks ago, you know, I was up in the 130s on, on inventory and now I'm down into 116. You know? Well, so, and the other thing we were, we were talking about before we started is, um, you know, it's almost October. Yeah. So we've, you know, we're... Seasonal, we're, a little bit. Well, even though it's not as, seasonal, I know it's seasonal, but, but that just shows that we are already trending really far down and we're getting ready to go into our quietest months of the season if we are going to be seasonal, yeah. if that makes sense. So are we going to really not have any inventory over the holidays when there's usually kind of some, but we're already seeing this. And then if rates go down the way they're predicting. Oh, there we go. The other way. That's going, going be be the seventh, that's going to be the seventh market in two days. It's going to be overless price. It'll, it's just, I feel bad for people, but um, I would do it now. I'm, I'm not just saying that because I'm an agent. I'm saying it because, well, I mean, I am saying I would buy now. But yeah, well, I mean, for sure when you look at the stats, I just feel like we're on the eve of something like 2021 again, 2020. Oh, I do too. Uh, it's, uh, you know. Uh, you can only imagine what's going to happen if all the buyers who are not like doing it, they don't want to be in the market right now. We know why. It's interest rates. As soon as the interest rates go down, the buyers are going to be, I'm ready. The other thing we have with interest rates going down is now the sellers who are at 2.9, 3.5 in their interest rates, they're now ready to sell. So we're going to have more inventory and more buyers. We're going to get super busy. But the main thing about that is the buyers are going to be paying over list price again. They're going to have seven, eight, ten offers. You're competing. All that's going to come back. That's why we keep saying it's a buyer's time right now. Do it now. Why you can ask for inspection items when you can, you know, maybe get a concession for, you know, and do an FHA or whatever. But buyers, it's hard though. You lose you lose buying power with interest rates. But I think the problem we'll have when it pivots. Mm -hmm. It's because inflation has uh, been high and, and you know a lot of people have lost liquidity. People won't have the liquidity to fight at the beginning of that. Right. I just don't, you know, like where is that? It's gone. Right. Yeah. You know, everything has gone up in price. So I don't know if people have the liquidity. I mean, you're just gonna have what, 30 offers of list? You know, I don't know if you're gonna have 30,000 over because right. I don't know if people are gonna have that because of what the past two years has looked like. Right, yeah. I, I do think there's gonna be an influx of people who are now coming back to the market to sell the house that they, sell the house that they bought that they weren't really crazy about. They just bought it because they got a good interest yeah. rate and so they had the, the equity in that home. Because um, right now they kind of feel trapped. It's like, well, I bought this house because, you know, it's what I could get and I got a good rate on it. But I don't want to trade this two and a half, three percent for an eight. Right. And so once those rates come down, it's like, well, I can trade a three for a five. Right. You know, or three for five and a half, and then they have that equity. So. But the buyers also in today's market need to understand that you can always re, um, get your new interest rate and what's that called? Recast. Refinance. Depends on which one. Yeah, well, you yeah, you can refinance, refinance, refinance. That's a whole other story. Yeah. And I know there's lenders out there who are offering a free refinance after the rates. Yes, yeah, a lot of them are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So, oh, good. yeah, well, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Um, go ahead and tell people how they can get a hold of you. And yeah, well, I appreciate on. you guys having me. It was an honor. Um, Kyle Baker with FC Tucker. Uh, my cell phone number is 317-315-7324. Uh, Kyle.Baker at TalkToTucker.com. Awesome. Shelly Walters with FC Tucker. Shelly Walters Realty Group. And my cell phone is 317-201-2601. Uh, and I'm Kyle Morse with Morse Property Group and FC Tucker, and my number is 317-649-5122.
Thanks. See you next week. Thanks.